Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team Right, it's episode 28, season 4, Tom Monsman Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week, John Steggles Hello. Right, um, it's a best two-man pod this week. Um, we hope to have Zoe Pearson on the pod, but unfortunately, um, due to a few technical issues, um, we're not able to have her this week. But hopefully, we'll have her have have her on again at some point in the near future. Um, right, what a week! Um, Juventus disappointment on Wednesday, um, and then the joy and the delight of yesterday and Hong Ming Son. It's definitely been a week of two halves, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Son at the moment is on fire, and it, you know he, he he played his heart out and wore his heart on his sleeve during the Juventus game, and um, rewarded with a song which he absolutely seems to love. But yeah, definitely a, 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 a seven days of of um, mixed emotions from a punch in the stomach to to nerves to delight, really. It's been it's been an emotional roller coaster, shall we say? Yesterday, um, is it fair to say the turning point during the game was when Kane went off injured? Because I've got to say, up until that's not that's not. I mean, I'm, I'm slightly being flip, flippant here because of flip, flippant even because Kane's obviously a top quality player, and and uh, I'm sure there's no correlation between that and. Um, him going off but up until that point um, we looked pretty poor we started poorly yesterday um, the passing was sloppy they were okay to be fair Bournemouth were, were right at it that they were playing with an intense intensity that was lacking in our game and then Kane gets injured ironically put, putting the good good move Ericsson good ball in, in, into Kane's path he put the ball in the net um, it was ruled out for offside I think yeah um, and then his collision with um, God, his name escapes me. Their keeper, who was at Chelsea and Portsmouth and Stoke, amongst other places. Um, anyway, their goalkeeper. Um, uh, and yeah, he becomes injured, comes off. Lamella comes on. Completely different game. Yeah. Um, if we'd have carried on, if he'd have put um, a like for like in, or well, not even, it's not even a like for like, is it? But if he'd have put Lorente on. And we'd have kept on going through that route of trying to score. I think we would have struggled a lot longer and on going on in that game. Um, I don't know if teams have worked out that if if deny the negative space, deny the ball through to Kane, and it snuffs out his the channels to him to try and score. But as soon as Lamella came on, it changed it, and we looked like a different team. And Bournemouth just couldn't cope with us. We start, started finding pockets of space all over the pitch and opening them up a lot more successfully. I mean, we dominated towards the end of that first half. Ericsson was fantastic, um, and it, it was it, it was it was a, a turnaround that we I don't think I was expecting. That first 25 minutes tentative slow on the ball but we did recover well and and finished the half a lot stronger um we answered a few questions and we showed some real character i think 
I, for large parts of that game, I felt I felt Sanchez was our best player, um, and I guess that's probably um, indicative of the fact that they caused us a lot of problems, and he was there often um, saving the day. Um, I, I thought when Yama was a little bit off the pace, um, Rose we'll talk about in a bit, he seemed off the pace. Um, Dembele was hot and cold, I thought. Um, I think they were, Bournemouth, like we have alluded to, just pressed really well. They were just in our faces and pressed pressed high up, pressed fast and just denied us space on the ball and time to compose ourselves. Um, it didn't help that Orion Rose couldn't cross the road um they, they were i don't want to say it because sissoka came on and played well when he came on the the genius double touch to set up the the cross for um um Aurea's goal at the end but they were they um I, i'd say that most of the team were playing with a touch of the sissokos um <laughs> and, that, and that's disingenuous to him because i honestly think he did really well he, he really did well he came on and he put through son who almost yeah. had a hat trick but um, did you see, did you see that he hit it with his his left foot to his right foot to and, and then played the ball in he don't it he missed it he missed kicked it he hit it with the wrong <laughs> foot to begin with it's an absolute it's an absolute genius touch um but the one time we actually del- delivered a decent ball in that um we we scored um from and, and it was from Aurea. Um, yeah. he, it's shocking, but a goal and assist and a foul throw from the man—he's—he's—he's he's, he's not going to disappoint in the entertainment stakes, is he? No, he uh, really isn't. I think the word "raw" and um, yeah, it's, it's something that you associate with um, with Aria. There's a lot of polishing that needs to be done there, a lot of finessing. Um, but we've got the perfect coach, Pochettino, who's got a track record when it comes to developing players, particularly fullbacks. Um, and uh, you know, this is this is Aurea's first season at Tottenham, first season uh, in England. We've also got to remember the player that we signed. He came with a lot of baggage. Yeah, um, I, 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 he 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 could settle down to be a genius player. Or he could just continue in the same vein and and just be this erratic monster of a player um <laughs> and uh, i hope he settles down but i hope he doesn't lose that entertainment value because mm-hmm. the world would be a lot duller place without it i think i think he'll find his feet at at, at, at at tottenham um what else okay we've got some questions um let's just go straight into the, those around the game um sam moore if the injury to harry kane is is as bad as we fear where do we think we'll finish in the league this season and, and then Rob Graxford, one of our listeners, has said third. Um, it's August all over again, but other options have turned up, including Super Surge. Well, I think we're four points off where we were this time last season. So considering how we've been doing and uh, the, the move to the, the, to Wembley and stuff... yeah. I don't think we've been doing that badly, if I'm honest with you. So no. only be four points off that. That's pretty pretty good going. Um, so I'm, you know, it's 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 where we are, and we've just got we've just got to keep going. I think I think we can finish third. I don't think Manchester United, looking at what they've got, um, will drop any more points or, or drop enough for us to overtake them unfortunately the, the, the most difficult I was talking to a United fan at, at work today the, the most difficult game they've got eight games eight matches left um, 
for them is Man City um, yeah. away. Assuming they lose that, then there'll be what seven games left. The lead would be cut to one. We've also got <laughs> we've also got City and we've got Chelsea. And yes, we're, we're perfectly capable of beating City at home, um, but that will not be easy. And we're capable of beating Chelsea away, but history tells us that would be easy. History tells us that we. I'm not going to get my hopes up for it, yeah. even though we do. We we're overdue a win. And, and then, even if we do, you know, you know, it, it, it's going to be. I mean, the, the scenario I described at work was. Um. We lose. We lose both of those games. Sorry, United lose against City, and we lose against City. That's still a four-point lead. Um. And they, uh, or, or no, sorry, that they lose and we, I don't know, draw one of those matches and and, and win the other, and it and it's, it comes down to three points. Um, that would still require them to drop points elsewhere, and they've got easy games, and the games are running out. So I, I think by virtue of the fact they've got that full point lead, um, that should that should be enough for them, and it's five point lead now. They've got over Liverpool, so. Uh, there was some talk that actually of the teams Liverpool were more likely to finish well, you know, higher up than United and United were, were the team that we would be chasing but I think after this weekend's results and United beating Liverpool um, I think the United have got should should secure second and I, I think mean, I think I agree with you I think third's within our reach we've worked bloody hard to get into this position um, and nobody gave us a hope of getting anywhere near this. I don't think, um, especially being at Wembley for a season. I don't. I honestly don't think anybody gave us a hope of getting anywhere near where we are at the moment. This at this stage of the season, any <laughs> any of the pundits, um, and just like they never gave us a, a chance of getting out of our Champions League mm. ring. So it's nice to prove all the doubters really, really wrong. Um, and you know. The, I'm, I'm loving the, the continued Pochettino must win a trophy crowd at the moment. Um, we're we're a club with roughly the same spending powers as Everton. Um, we're Champions League regulars, and people are moaning because we haven't turned up and won the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called this month. Um, it's just getting to be really, really tedious. I think a fair statement is Pochettino must win a trophy if you want to call him a winner. Um, an unfair statement is to say he's got to win a trophy if you're going to say he's a good manager because he is a very good manager with what he's doing at the club. It, it's it's really frustrating, really really tedious and frustrating. Let me be frank about this. I, I want us. Every Spurs fan wants us to win the FA Cup, of course. And if we win the FA Cup and finish third, that would be a bloody good season. But let me tell you this: if we win the FA Cup next season, the talk's going to be about well, they've, they've won a cup. That's it. They've, they've won an FA Cup, but really they need to be winning the 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 the, 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 the league title or progressing further in the Champions League. There'll always be something they'll throw back at us next season. Probably they'll go on about the new stadium, and oh, it's going to take a while for them to to, to, to settle in. Or Spurs don't sign marquee players. There's always going to be something, but 
or Spurs sell their best players or yeah. you've never you've not been in the Champions League for 20 seasons in a row or you've not won 19 FA Cups on the bounce or you've got no one league you've got no league titles or the the, 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 the I think that what this is is now this desperation and it's they're scared and this is what they're having to say because they can see how good we're becoming it, it it's not you know, it, it's not a four-team league anymore to get into that Champions League. They don't just run away with it and have their own way. They, teams like us, uh, Man City coming along and completely upset that apple cart. And um, I don't think the big boys like it very much that we're coming along and, and nicking their toys. No, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the key thing is there's been progression every year under, under Pochettino. And yeah, we all would like to win trophies. And yes, there's that argument that if you win a trophy, it breeds success, etc., etc., etc. That's only going to happen if we continue to progress. Yeah, and if we continue to do it, at some point, sooner rather later, that trophy will come. It, it'll just be a byproduct of that pro- of that of that progress. Um, if it comes any sooner, great, but um, that will be more down to luck than. No, well, it won't be down to luck. It'll be to the hard graft that everybody's putting in at the club because we're well, definitely going in the direction that we should be going yeah. in. You know, how long Fergie took four seasons to win something yeah. at Man United? Yeah. And with the Champions League, it took Man City, with all their spending power, three seasons to get out of the group stages and another two to reach the quarterfinal. You know, um, but we're seeing as a being as a weakness that we go out as we do or we play the way we do no it's utter crap utter utter crap you know it it is you know any commentary that you see with Spurs at the moment it is um, they've got to win something got to win something or they'll sell their players they're going to and it is all bollocks it's just a media narrative that Sky want to pedal and I fucking hate that word and I can't believe I've used it (laughs) um Another question around Kane from Conor Manetto. Three weeks until the most important match of our season, he's referring to the Chelsea game. If Kane won't be fit, how do you see us setting up? What if Toby isn't fit, and then what? And and, and what if he isn't? Um, how's that going to have an impact? So I um, I would say that the, the, the with Lamella on the pitch there, that's the way we go about our business from, from here on in without if Kane's going to be injured. Uh, and when he's not playing, like uh, the, I don't think Bournemouth knew how to cope with us when we didn't go with with a man up front with that single target man. So I, I I'd go with with what where we finished um, the game really, uh, not the game, but with Lamella on. If Toby if Toby's fit, um, it depends how quickly he can get up to um, match speed, and with a lack of cup games or cup games against um, weaker oppositions, that might be difficult for him. Um, so one option, if Toby is somewhere near to fitness, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's three, three weeks away, um, he might feature, for example, against Swansea, and then there's obviously an international break. Um, if he's somewhere close to fitness, would he switch to the back three? Because... It gives him some protection if he's got Vertonghen and, and Sanchez alongside him. You know, in so far as if he's just come back from an injury, um, it also allows us to change formation, go, you know, match them up. They tend to play with a 
so had to play with a bat three, and also go, goes back to a formation we played earlier in the season. And I don't, I don't think we've dropped. I don't think we've lost any games when we've had um, Toby Sanchez and Vertonghen in, in the same team. No, I mean it, defensively, it's probably our strongest defence. And um, if Dyer's just got, a, I thought Dyer looked like he'd pulled his groin um, midweek, and that's why he missed out of the weekend. But it was an elbow issue. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, Dyer can sit there. Wanyama, again, it's lack of game time. Um, he just needs to get up to speed and eat some more spaghetti so he can get to get back on his game. Um, but uh, yeah, with and the the odd thing is we, we didn't. I, I would have instead of Sissoko towards the end there, I'd have maybe gone with Mora and and just put him on and let him run at people because I think he might might have been a bit more frightening. Well, um, it's- it's it's funny during during the match. I think we'd made two substitutions by that point, and we all expected Mora to come on. And um, I turned to um, a friend of ours, Joss Eddington, um, and said, "Hello, Joss. Look, look who's coming on. Um, it's your favourite player." Um, and it, it wouldn't be a Spurs game without Sissoko featuring somewhere along the line. And to be fair, he came on and he. He laid on a good pass to put through Son, who could have got a hat trick near the near the end of the game. Yeah, um, Sissoko did well. He 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 just came on and and, and ran at people and uh, and then beasted it. Um, I mean, it, I think the 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 four one wasn't really a fair reflection about how Bournemouth went about the first half and how well they played. I mean, we could have been two, three down in that first half, um, and if you know. A, Questions answered. Dug deep to get that result. Dug deep. Coming back from Bournemouth, driving back, um, I was listening to Radio Five Live, and there was a Bournemouth fan who was quite pissed off, and he just said, "You know that that score line flattered Spurs, and they, they didn't deserve to win by that margin." And whilst you could argue that, and I think whilst Bournemouth certainly gave us a game for large parts, you know, up and up until even the point it was one all. Um, the thing with us is, you know, once once you give us a chance, we <laughs> once we get our noses in front, we can kill teams off in the matter of minutes, and we we did yeah. that yesterday. Um, Lamella's impacts from the bench we, uh, that was I mean he was superb as you, as you said I didn't really know what to do with him I, I I thought he changed the game. Son, fantastic fantastic finishes and obviously rich. Um, vein of form at the moment and it was lovely to see at the end when he celebrated when he came over he celebrated and and the Spurs fans were were, were all singing nice one Sonny nice one son nice one Sonny let's uh, give us another one um the old Cyril Knowles chant and yeah he seemed to really appreciate that and you could he, see his his face was you know was an absolute picture I, with with what he brings to the team I think that that song meant so much to him and to hear it and i think i think that that, that cemented the mm. club in his heart forever i think absolutely um i, I want to give a shout out to the raf spurs who tweeted yesterday and it's my favorite tweet after the match was uh son gives perfect present on mother's day i think that's brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant so well done raf spurs i said to big you up they they, all, they listen so they always give us a retweet so good on you I think I mean Delhi got on the score sheet as well, and I think the combination of Delhi and Son and and Lamella at that point, and obviously Ericsson 
in the background Ericsson weaving his magic. Yeah, put in um, the strings yesterday. He was yeah. superb. He really yeah. was. I think maybe Son's got a, um, a, a future in Paul as a fluffer because he does like a mishit board in the goal. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll, I'll take him off, off the shins like Ali's. I'll take them, you know, however they go in the back of the net. And I think Ali's finish was uh, probably a lot more difficult than I'll give it credit for considering it came off his, his, his shins. Because in, in those type of situations, you just need to get your body in the way of the ball to get it in the back of the net. And that that's one of the things that Lamella needed to do with that ball when Kane hit it off the post against Juve, is just get his body on it and get it in the back of the net. If um, if Son's got a future as a fluffer, um, where 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 do we see Delhi in that particular scenario? Well, we've already uh, we've already seen the videos. Um, don't answer. Well, if, if Son, yeah, if Son's fluffing Delhi. I don't yeah. Know, yeah. Um, can, I, can I just say that Eden Hazard this season has got eleven goals and three assists, and Son's got twelve goals and four assists. That's amazing. And I, yeah. I, I think he's featured in more games. More games um, than any other Spurs player. Really? I believe that's, so. I, I saw I saw that somewhere, but I, I've got a feeling actually Sissoko might might hold that record. Yeah, I think Sissoko might um, be taking that. Um, I'm sure I saw that anyway. Anyway, but yeah, I, I think that the, the key thing, obviously, Kane's injury is going to be a blow, and and we'll have to see if he's back for Chelsea. I really do hope he is back for for that game, but against Swansea. Um, I suspect, although we've got the option of Lorente, I suspect Sun will start, and they'll, then there'll be the supporting act of um, Eriksson, Lamella, and and Delhi. Um, and we saw that last season when when Kane was injured. It's not anything new to us. We coped then, um, both two, two separate spells, and Sun came good. Then he's firing this season. He's arguably better than last. And then you've all, you've got players like Delhi, who I'm sure, and Lamella, who will step up. Um, as, as we saw that yesterday. Interesting about Son, because he he seems to be fully integrated into into Spurs, and I don't like to use the word cult hero, because that's also got negative connotations. I guess legend would be too early and too premature at this yeah. stage, but he could he could arguably become a legend. He could certainly become... A hero, or he's probably already a hero. But he, he's he's become a fan's favourite, and he, you know, definitely, definitely. But there's there's a long way to go with him yet. Has he endeared himself more to our fans than perhaps Delhi? Yeah, uh, I think Delhi's got that streak that needs to be worked on. And given their ages, if if they, if if Delhi can learn off him and pick up some of his better habits and, and play with that smile on his face rather than a bit of a scowl that he's developed recently, then he'll, he'll get something out of that relationship. But the two of them obviously have got a lot of respect and obviously mm. play well together. Uh, so they're a, a good partnership. I, I think I was praising Son and Kane before, um, but I, I think Son can play with anybody. He's, 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 a, he's a great player. If it came down to it, I mean, this is a question that you... Um raised off fair, but if it came down to it and it had to be one of them, we had, we had to sell one of them, Delhi and Son. I'd keep Son. I would keep Son. Um, and I would sell Delhi. If, 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 if I had to be brutal and choose between one of the two, that's, that's my, that's what I would go with. The funny thing is, in, in today's um, market, Delhi will probably be worth, I don't know, a hundred million, for example. I'd, 
I don't know. I think you would get 50, 60 plus for Delhi, and I think you would probably get 60 plus for Son. Now, I think yeah. I think you'd actually get a lot lot less for Son for some reason. Really? Not because he's he's yeah. less of a okay. player, but I think that... I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I don't know whether he... You know, I think perhaps with Delhi that there's maybe more the image and everything else that goes with it. And I think where his son just quietly goes about and does his business. Um, um, Delhi's the young English wunderkind. He's, the, you know, he's the next best player coming out of England <laughs> alongside Rashford and those. He's going to be part of if they with with Kane a potential golden, a new golden era of players from England. Um, son, son is an um, is from Korea, a, a country that doesn't really or isn't hasn't got any really well known footballers and hasn't got a footballing pedigree so maybe it's a bit harder for people to grasp that he is such a good footballer but you only have to look at the videos of crowds meeting him when he's at home about how in how much high regard and what a pedestal he has put on i think um you know he's he is a superstar over there and i i, I tell you what the 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 um merchandising value to daniel levy for for son's shirt I would love to know how many Sun shirts we shift in Korea. I really would. And then there's the the old joke of um, he's the second most dangerous Korean in the world at the moment, which is getting bandied about on Twitter at the moment. I, I, I hesitated to say it because I've seen it in so many places, but I suppose it bears repeating. Um, Sun's fullbacks... Um... A couple of questions around those. Actually, Darren Pammond has question. I think we sort of already touched upon a goal, an assist, a no foul, foul throws. An okay. So that that throw that the the referee blew up for a foul throw, it wasn't a foul throw at all. He had both feet planted on the ground and he threw it properly. There was nothing wrong with that. I ran that back and I watched it again. There's nothing wrong with that throw at all. It pissed me off because it's, oh, no, no, there wasn't anything wrong with that foul throw whatsoever. I didn't think. Um, an okay performance from Maria, but still shows still shows signs of lack of quality and concentration. Faults. I think we touched upon that. He's raw. There's a player in there somewhere. There, I think there is a player in there, but he, he needs to. Uh, his crossing was wayward. Mm. Uh, at the, at the, 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 that's the politest I can be saying that. Um, but then Rose was as well. I know. I don't think Rose had the best game. Um, and he's still working his way back to some form and to some fitness. Um, but it just shows you how far Davis has come to in his game and his in his play. And the same with Trippier as well. well uh, so on Rose, there's a question from Ed Brad. He says, time to cash in on the injury-prone Rose whilst we still get a decent fee. Um, okay, so for the first half, I was... With Bournemouth for the Vitality Stadium, the way fans are on the side of the pitch, and for the first half, I was the opposite side to Rose. So I didn't have the best view, and I was sort of fairly low down. But from what I could see, he didn't look great, particularly if, I, if you compare the Rose pre-injury. Second half I had a perfect view of Rose. He was on our on, on attacking on the left-hand side um, to where we were, and very close up. And he looked poor. He cut his hair, by the way. Um, 
we talked yes, about no, it last week. Um, yep. That was sort of reassuring, but he looked, and he looked leaner. If you remember when he first came back from his injury, he looked a bit porky. He looked lean, but um, there was something lacking. There wasn't that pace. There wasn't that dynamism. There wasn't that going for the second ball. He'd venture forward, but it was like he was playing within himself. He was timid. He'd pass the ball forward to, say, I don't know, Son or Lamella. And instead of then making a run on the outside and supporting um, you know, Son or Lamella, for example, if they, they were tucking in and providing that outlet, he was just staying back. Right. And he just looked poor. He really did look poor. His passing wasn't great. Um, I wasn't surprised with the substituting. When we saw Trippier warming warming up, the initial thought was, well, well that must be Uriah. And then I thought, no, 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 it's going to be Rose. He's going to put Trippier on the right and put Uriah on the, on the left, maybe to use Uriah's pace to nullify their attack on that side. And, um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't impressed with, with Rose. And I know... Some of our fans give Ben Davies a lot of stick, unfortunately. Um, but they really should open up their eyes because Ben Davies has been playing out of his skin. And for me, he starts at the moment. Rose is not the Danny Rose pre-injury. I mean, you, you've got to call people, if they're, having a, if they're having bad games or they're not in form, you've got to call it. And if they're having great games, you've got to call it. And you're right, Danny Rose at the moment isn't performing well. And, you know, maybe it will take a, uh, a few more games for him to get back to, to form and play well. Um, mm. But at the moment, um, I'd have Den- um, Davis in there. Yeah. Um, and and given we've got eight games, is it eight, nine? Eight or nine? Nine till the end of the season now? Yep. Um, I'd have Davis in every week. These are professional footballers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they can they can take that. You know I, I don't see why we have to rotate so much with the fullbacks. I'd, I'd stick them all in and just go flat out. Well, having gone out of Europe, there aren't there aren't going to be any more mid midweek games now from now from now to the end of the season. The only midweek game that we'll get will be the rescheduled Newcastle match, um, yep. and possibly rescheduled a, re, a, re, a replay. Yeah. Oh, uh, we, do we get a replay? Is it just pens? No, no. It's just it's just going to be extra, no, no no more pens. It's just going to be extra time against Swansea and, and then penalties. Same with the semi. Right. Same with the final. So there will not be any more midweek games other than the Newcastle rearranged game and possibly if we get to the semi final, the Brighton game will, will will be moved. So that that's it. Um, I, I, David starts for me. Rose to go back to Ed Brad's question. If if the medical team at Spurs. Um, from a medical, from a scientific point of view, can um, I don't know provide evidence that he's not the same player. And I would Pochettino, I'd sell him. Yes, I would cash in. Um, if it's just a question of he needs more time, then I'd give him that time because uh, I still think if if he can get back to the level that he was pre-injury, we've got a very good player, and I wouldn't want to sell our best players. Well, you don't want to sell any of your players, but if their heads have been turned and we can get a decent return, mm. I think the club are pragmatic enough to say, right, off you go, and we'll bring somebody else in who wants to play. And, you know, I think there'd be players queuing up to want to want a bit of what Spurs are on at the moment and how we're playing. And if players want to leave that like Walker did, then fair mm. enough. And again, there might be something in there, you know, Walker said, how many games before the end of the season I want to leave and then was benched and I wonder how much more we'll see Rose if if he's going down the same route 
Yeah, I'd I'd like to think that what Rose said last year was slightly blown out of proportions. Proportion was slightly naive, and, it, and oh, the Sun interview, yeah, 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 and it's not as bad as Walker, who explicitly said he wanted to leave. Because I don't think Rose at any point has explicitly said I want to go or handed in a, which is effectively what Walker did. So I, I hope it's just a question of he's just being maybe partly punished for for for, for that and it'll take a bit of time before he gets back into Maurizio's good books and also partly obviously he's not he's you know it's going to take time for him to get back to that level of fitness and he has to play he's got to learn to play second fiddle to Ben I I, I do genuinely hope that he's back to his best and he's there in the summer and he wants to be there and Pochettino wants him to be there and Davis is there and we can also get that lad from um, Fulham as well Sessignor that's the one, yeah, and he can play further up the pitch. Um, Ryan, just call him Ryan, Ryan the lad Ryan. <laughs> um, a final thing on Bournemouth before we talk about Juve. Um, Do we have to? But you're gone, gone. Was Mike Dean as big as wanker as he was in the stadium watching it on TV? Yeah, uh, he, he he wasn't given us very much at all. Um, uh, uh, yeah, he didn't have a very good game, and I. But I think they may be overcompensating because people think he's had a Spurs bias in the past. Has he also got razor sharp eyes? Because there are there are a few things that he picked up on, which I think nobody else picks up on. Um, the uh, the only thing that I can recall him doing was having a that really stood out was having a word about the ball boy. Did you see that incident? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was and, uh, hilarious. Yeah. But did they move? Did it? Did they move the ball boy to the other side of the pitch for the second half? Um, I don't know, but um, when that incident happened, the Spurs fans started singing at the ball boy, Arsene Wenger, he's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right, Juventus. Um. Go on, then. We we must if we must. Let's just jump straight in. Question from Conor Minetto. Thinking back to Juve, the Italian side's passion for the win, the club, their teammates, was electric and undeniable. I don't think we saw that from our lads. Agree or disagree? Do our lads have the required passion to be excellent? Mm. Um, Yes, I think we do. I think they do. If it's a question of passion. Do our lads have the required passion to be excellent? Yes, they do. They are excellent. They, they they play superb. Um, so where did, I, it, where did it all go wrong then? I think um, we just got outthought by a wily European campaigner. Some sometimes you just lose lose games because the other team just gets it right and they play better than you. The, I mean they they had what half an hour, tw- twenty five minutes over the two legs and scored four goals. They're, you know, this is Juventus. They are not a shit team. This wasn't like they're going up again. You know, um, uh, you know how well they've done. How many? You know, that was, that was the first time they've been behind in a game since November of last year. You know, we we we're the first team to score against them this year. They they're not they're not a crap team. They're not AC fucking Milan who are doing absolute fucking pony and getting turned over by the scum. They're not a pony team. Basically, I think they 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 changed the tactics, and we didn't. The players on the not Poch, the players on the pitch didn't adjust themselves quick enough. And they, as soon as that second one went in, that was it. They were just going to sit back. Um, I don't think there's. I don't think 
there's any shame in going out in the way we did. Yes, it fucking hurt. It hurt me like I was punched in the stomach, if I'm honest with you. And it still smarts thinking about it. But I don't think there's there's any any shame in the way that we went out in that. It, it was just oh. fuck. It was a knockout, a couple of knockout punches. Yeah, I, a lot of post match and even pre, well, I say pre match. I'm speaking to quite a few people, feeling very nervous about the game. I didn't feel I didn't feel any nerves whatsoever. I was looking forward to it because it's Juventus, it's a Champions League night, you know, and because I knew that if we did lose, there'd be no shame in losing to a team like Juventus. And frankly, I'd be more edgy and nervous um, going into I don't know an FA Cup, Cup semi final against Chelsea or or a league match um, or even the, even just the North London derby with nothing riding on it. That that makes me more physically sick. Um, post game again, I, I a lot of friends of mine um, were quite upset post match, and you know, it took a few days to recover. I. As disappointed as, as I was, I just look at the bigger picture and I look at the fact that start of the season, in fact, when the draw of the Champions League was made, if somebody had said to me, you're going to top a group with Madrid and Dortmund and you're going to be, you're going to be in the knockout stage, which we weren't there last season, you're going to go toe-to-toe with Juventus, but they're going to beat you. Um, it's, I would, it's, I would it's take learning. that. I would take it, that. It's learning and we'll learn from that experience and we'll come out tougher. I mean, Son had a couple of chances in the second half. Kane's header that hit the post, an inch the other way, and that's in. Well, you we... know, and like I say, Lamella just launches his body out and gets it in the back of the net. The countless blocks by the defence, Chiellini's clearances in front of Kane. You know, it, we it's not like we didn't create chances. It's just that they threw the kitchen sink at everything to stop us scoring. Um, and the, the two, two, two. Two punt, two quick jabs, and uh, and we were done. Unfortunately, um, we had about you know, four, four or five. I think I counted four or five chances in the first half, including Son's goal. Um, and I think really we should have gone in the first half at least two 0 up. I know that every team when they have a handful of chances will say, "Oh, we should be at least three or four 0 But but reality, if you if you if you say on average, you know that's if you're going to have that many chances and some are not going to go in, and some. Are, then I think 2-0 would have been a good lead to take in the first half. And we didn't really, once going 1-0 up, we didn't capitalise on that. And they, once they got their noses in in, in front, um, or once they got, their, got got pulled one back and then they got their noses in front, as you say, they, they, they did what Italian teams do very well. And that's that's to defend and hold on to a lead. Um and we, I think, second half, the only chance I remember we had was Kane's clear-cut chance was Kane's header, header right at the end, which okay hit the post, and yeah, another day it might have gone in, or him, or Lamella might have got there a bit quicker on the rebound. But um, the, they, the substitution, I agree with you. I think the players on the pitch should have responded better to that. Um, I think. Trippier, if you look on the second goal, I, I think, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I think Sanchez went too tight on his man, um, the guy, whoever it was, who put Dybala through. And then when Dybala went through, it was Trippier and Dyer running back, I think. Um, yeah. I would have preferred it if it had been Sanchez with his pace running running back, but that's fine the way it was. And then Trippier tried to play an offside. 
If you look back on the... Uh, was that when Davis was playing them all on? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the critics are going to, you know, they're gonna, people are going to criticise and be critical and let them. We took on three teams that have been strong in the competition and the best in Europe in recent years, and we competed with them. You know, it's not. You know, it's not. It's not shameful. Um, our record: played eight, won five, drawn two, lost one in the Champions League this mm. season. Goals for eighteen, goals against eight. That's fucking magnificent. I tell you what, 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 what hurts more? It for talking about Champions League games. It hurts me going last season, first game, first game at Wembley to Monaco. We were woeful. Game against Leverkusen, we were really woeful that day. I mean, the, the Monaco game. To be fair, Monaco were a decent team that night and over that competition and proved as such. Leverkusen that night, we were poor. I mean, when you come away from Wembley, just poor players were just poor. That was one of, one of the worst performances I've seen from, from Spurs in a, in a long time. Um, Gent away, watching that on TV on ITV4 or whatever obscure channel it is that shows Europa football on a Thursday night. I don't know, these days ask Arsenal fans, they're probably more um, aware of that sort of thing. Um, that was poor as well. We, whereas last Wednesday, we, we there's no shame in the way we played. We played particularly well. Yeah, there are lessons to be learnt. Um, one question I had for you, John. Is if, you, mm. if you go back to um, our Champions League campaign under Harry, now Harry's not he's not a tactical genius right and if you're going to say if you're going to put him up against Pochettino for, and 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 tell me which one's tactically better Pochettino comes um out top always you know you associate with Redknapp that sort of Kevin Keegan fire and gusto and and and, and all of those things and motivating players and Redknapp's teams were cavalier so you can't say that defending was something that was necessary in their DNA but when the Redknapp team of 2010-11 went to Milan and won 1-0 and we were defending okay it wasn't the same as a two-all draw which still gave us an advantage but when we had that one goal lead going into second like we played out a nil-nil draw against um, Milan at White Hart Lane and to be fair they had a few chances and I think they hit the woodwork a few times but we we defended, we put every body on the line and we got the job done. Now, I know it goes against the grain for Pochettino to do that and for the way we play. We don't play in that ma- manner. I'm not suggesting we should, but Redknapp's team did then and they were an attacking side, albeit in a different way they were set up, maybe a bit more cavalier, playing four four two and wingers, maybe a bit more predictable. Um, perhaps should we have... Should we have been a bit more tactically savvy against Juve? Maybe you could throw that at Poch and saying he should have been a bit, uh, uh, shut up the shop, been a bit more and sit back. But if we if we'd have done that, they, I think Juve would have still got through us and at least scored a goal. I don't think that we could have sat back after scoring that goal and tried to defend it or just been a bit more savvy. I don't think that's the way Poch plays. Then we should and have been more clinical. Then arguably, uh, but, yeah. Well then that goes back to all the blocks and the clearances and the, 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 the Juve players throwing their bodies in the way to get the ball off the line. You know, to quote Bill Nick, it's better, you know, aim high and go out with an echo of glory rather than just sit back and be dull. Would you rather have Man United's football or our football? 
you know, the, the, you've got Mourinho who just does that. He goes out for the nil-nil. If we score a goal, it's a bonus. Or do you want to just go out and, and play proper football and in a manner that's befitting of a club like us? I think that, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying. And, you know, but, to, to, uh, you know, 2-2 two, two, and then uh, to lose 2-1 at home or then there's a nil-one and a nil-nil. Mm. I, 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 it's the entertainment factor, isn't it? Would you want to be entertained and or not? And, and I'm just actually looking at the results from that. Basong, Pavlichenko, um, Van der Vaar, Par- Bale scored one goal in that Champions League campaign. One goal. Which actually is a surprise to me, if I'm honest with you. Who, Bale? Yeah. I thought he, I thought, did he not score a hat-trick? Oh, no, sorry. Yes, he got the hat-trick against Internacional and yeah. so four goals and one against Twente. Yeah. That's it. He got, he, that's it. He got, yeah, that's the, the, the hat-trick, isn't it? Where he, he, and it was four near down and they and they thought, oh, they're not going to do anything and Bale just ripped him apart yeah. in the last couple of minutes. Yes, no, I apologise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I couldn't see the Woodford trees there looking at names. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'd say play football befitting the club and go out and go out in, in a blaze of glory rather than just sit back and then be disappointed if it happens look all, all in all um, I yeah, compare and contrast this season to last season and you, and you mentioned okay we were in the league with four points better off last season than this and that's, that's, there isn't much there that could that could eat depending on the games we, we have left and how well we do them that could suddenly become one point um, but FA Cup at the moment we're in the quarterfinals. If we get past one, if we get the semis, where we got last <laughs> season, but most of all Champions League. Oh, and obviously playing playing at Wembley, you know, the backdrop of that. But the Champions League form has been so much better than last season. And um, as much as I would have liked to have won that competition, realistically, we weren't going to win that competition. No, I, I mean. It... It would. It, it was, it, it's always nice to dream, and it's always the hope that kills you. I want. I, um, I wanted us to get as far as possible, um, and maybe at this juncture, that's the furthest we're going to go. But at least we, over the course of that competition, we gave a good a good account of ourselves this season. We didn't embarrass ourselves. We went toe to toe. Yeah, maybe there's some lessons learnt um, that need to be learnt, um, but it's so much better than last season. But you know, you know, people can think, "Oh, Tottenham went out to to Juventus again," blah blah blah. But I mean, that's the thing. You know, with Dortmund and Real Madrid in a group, nobody gave us a chance of getting out of that group, and we did, and we shut people up. And it's all Spurs who went out against Juventus, you know. And it's it's always there's always a snigger where you're not going to do it this time again, are you? And it, you know, fuck them. We're we're you know we said I think we said at the top of the show we're improving and we're sh- shutting the doubters up. We needed to put it behind us, and we did, and we got back to winning ways. And it was it was that was a tough test at the weekend for us, a tough tough test. And I think we passed with flying colours. And I think the other thing that we forget is the last European game at White Hart Lane was Dortmund two years ago. Mm. Come next season, there'll be a new stadium, and we'll get to play. Um, Champions League game. It's all everybody goes on about this season and 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 the season away. But when it comes to European European competition, we've had two seasons away from our home. And next season, imagine the the the, the glory glory nights potentially that, that that could unfold at White Hart Lane under the floodlights of, of the new stadium. Well, if you you know the 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 season ticket prices and stuff have just and renewals have just been released. Mm. And you know the, the the if you see the video today of of um 
Hugo and Kane um, walking out onto the to, to where the pitch was, and they're both saying how how good it's looking. It's that, that stadium, I think, really is going to be something special. Really, really something special. And yeah, to to see football under the the, the floodlights um, with a dark sky and, and you know the the chance reverberating around, it's going to be special. It's going to be very, very yes. special. And we've got a good base after this season to, to build upon. Yeah. After after the after the experiences of this season, both good and and bad um let's just very briefly let's just finish off we've got one question i'm going to address from ed brad um but before that um we've got swansea in the fa cup on saturday um in the quarter final um it has to be settled on the day so um if need be it will go to extra time and penalties um can we do it uh, yeah i think we were I think we're going to go to extra time and penalties. I think it's going to go all the way. I don't think we're going to do it easily, but I think we'll get past them. But I think it's going to go to extra time and penalties. I think that a lot of people, particularly given Swansea's form for large parts of this season and uh, their performance in the last round in the replay against Sheffield Wednesday, assumed that it would be uh, a walkover for us. Um, Swansea haven't beaten us since being promoted to the top flight in, what was it, 2011. Um, and generally, we've got a very, very good record when it comes against um, against Swansea. That being said, um, the last two matches at the Liberty haven't been easy. I mean, we we won... Um, I think it was, on the, it was just the day after New Year's Day... Um, this year, 2nd of Jan, um, we won under di- difficult conditions. It was wet and rainy that day. And then last season, we, we won and left it right at the very death of the game, winning 3-1. That was a game when we didn't have Kane. Um, he was injured. We, we did yeah. have, we did have Janssen, I think, who came came off the bench um, that day. That, that, that was a crazy game. It was right... It, it, we scored right in the last couple of minutes, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, think yeah. it, I think it will be akin to that game, of course. So we've got... Um, the possibility of it going to extra time. I don't think it's going to go to penalties. I bloody well hope it doesn't. Um, but I think it could well. I agree with you. I think well, it could well possibly go to extra time. Um, I think we'll, we'll prevail, but they will give us a tough game, and I think they'll be really up for it. And I can't under, underestimate as well. Good job, Carlos Cavall has done. But um, Jordan Ayew, he's, he's suspended for that game, I believe. Yes, he is. Yeah, they're not going to um, uh, challenge the red card, are they? Mm. Um, uh, I think there's a few other players they've got out as well, um, long-term absentees for that game. Um, I fancy us, yeah, to, to do it, yeah. but it, I think it'll be close um, and it might be a late winner or um, a winner in extra time. Okay, final question. Um, you mentioned the the new stadium a bit earlier John um, question from Ed Brad is anyone else dreading the move to the new stadium looking at how West the West Ham move has, has gone um, there were delightful scenes at, at the London Stadium at the weekend yeah um... I mean I'm being flippant because they weren't in some ways you know the ch- children should never have to be scared at a football um, ground and and whatnot. And... To, to be honest with you, the ones that were probably sitting on the um, the players' bench are the ones that are probably going to remonstrate with the directors. They probably put them there for it's like a crash. Put mm. them there for safekeeping while they go and have their bit of aggro. Um, but I mean, even worse than that, did you see the uh, the the guy at the um, POK um, game at the uh, the weekend? The chairman who went on the pitch with a gun. No. 
the, yeah, um, the the chairman of uh, um, a Turkish club went on the pitch after a, a goal was disallowed in the last minute with a gun to threaten the referee. So however bad it is at West Ham, there's always that. No, um, I'm not scared of moving um, to the new stadium. I think it's going to be it's a, it's, a, it's a massive legacy. It's going to be a beautiful place. But with West Ham and those protests, there's a right way and a wrong way to do, do things. And that club of knuckle-dragging cretins are always going to do it the right way. They're never, it's never going to be a nice, peaceful process. protest, unfortunately. But if, if So their owners, and I know this isn't a, a, um, a West Ham podcast. No, but, but we can laugh at them. No, the, the, uh, their owners must be fleecing that club something fucking rotten. If you've got 50,000 people going in there or 40,000 people going in there at 50 to 70 quid a pop, where is all that money going? Where is that cash going? They are fleecing them rotten. They'll be paying so much in wages, but where the rest of that to the players? Because they're not paying for the security. They're not paying for the stadium. They're not paying for the policing. Not paying for fuck all. That money, I know that apparently they're charging, they, they lent the club money to pay off their debts and they're charging the club interest. So they're earning a huge amount of interest on it. They sold off Upton Park and they've they've just pocketed the money from that. They are fleecing that club rotten. And it is, I, I do feel funny for them, uh, sorry for them, but it is, it is funny. But f- fuck them, you know, the, the, they, they're meant, you know, all oh, Brady's, this is going to be the making of us and we have the bragging rights over Tottenham. Yeah, your fucking training grounds are shed, and you fucking you don't even own your own stadium, and your your fans are revolting against you. Uh, I if they go down, they will do a, a Sunderland or a Wigan. They're just going to disappear down the leagues. But I think they're in dire, dire straits. They've certainly made a catalogue of mistakes, and I think they're um, not just when it comes to the new stadium, but so much of what those owners have promised. Um, and obviously, their stadium is completely different. Um, in so far as it's going to be further away, it's, it's further away from the pitch than our new stadium will be. Um, the stewards they've got at the club are not West Ham stewards, um, and they perhaps don't know all the sort of nuances of of um, stewarding a football game or or, or, or of that club. Um, so I think comparisons with them are unfair when looking at our new stadium and how that's going to go and obviously it's it's it's, it's good to mention them and have a, have a laugh at West Ham but it but at least looking at the first part of Ed's question um is there any part of you that's dreading and this is without making comparison t- to them dreading a, m- a move um to the new stadium could it go tips up i mean the pricing today which which was announced i felt was I, I'm just raging, uh, and I'm not particularly happy because I think it's pretty extortionate. Um, it is extortionate, but there's there's also a massive element of look. We all oh, look. We've built this massive, great, big, new, shiny thing that you're watching, and it's going to be fantastic. But we need to pay for it. And I can, you know, the, the, I don't think the pricing comes as any shock to me. It could have been a lot worse, and it could have been a little bit lower. Uh, at the end of the day, you have a choice. You can either pay the money and go and do you have a right to moan i don't know but or you you don't go people are still going to go i think that what they'll do they'll judge it after a season of and see what the atmosphere is like see what it's like and then take it there i've, I've certainly um spoken to a couple of people and said they're gonna they suck it and see for a, for a season and then 
and then and then and then take it from there um but uh, what you have to understand is the, the you know the 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 people in the east end on the on the shelf and stuff that that stand is now on on a going to be on a par in terms of facilities as the as the the posh seats on the west stand yeah. So there's always going to be a price rise for those. So they're never going to get back into that same st- part of the, the, the stadium. The bit that surprises me, though, is the central areas of the main stand where they put premium pricing. I think that's wrong. And that should have been all one tier of pricing. The other thing that fucks me off as well is there's no cup games included. No, there's there's something called... I haven't looked at all of the detail um because oh, I was at work, so I had a quick, quick glance at, at, at the prices. But as I understand it, there, there are something called 1882 tickets, which cost a bit more and will give you, you know, this is a, a limited number of those, um, will give you access to cup games. I don't know how many. Right. I don't know how many cup games, but otherwise, a standard season ticket will be exactly the same as what it's been at Wembley this season, which just covers nineteen home Premier League games. And so now I've only been a season ticket holder from this season. But my understanding is that previously, um, season tickets covered. I think it was two two cup games or something like that. Um, so that is a great shame. I also think the pricing in the south stand, that white wall that everybody wants to be in, I certainly want to want to be in it. Um, although it's variable depending on where you are, which block and which tier of that. Um, some parts of it are very expensive. Even the, even the most yeah. cheap, even the cheapest seats are, are, are going to be quite pricey. And if you're, I don't know how it's going to work for non-members, but as a, I know, as a season ticket holder, there are going to be phases, and there are like eight windows. And by virtue of the fact that I've only been a season ticket holder um, for the last season, um, and by virtue of the fact that I was, I don't know, something like twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand on the waiting list. I'm in the seventh of that eight of those eight windows. Yeah. So by the time it comes down to me, the availability that I want might not be there. Um, in terms of like seats in the south, there might be still some seats in the south, but they might be the ones that are at a premium price. Um, and then it's you know a trade-off. Do you go somewhere else in the stadium, in the east or north or west that? probably will have less atmosphere and probably will mean you have to sit in your seat but it's going to be cheaper or do you go with what's left in the south but is effectively an extortionate price and probably more than what I'm playing at, at playing for my club Wembley seat this yeah, season yeah uh, you know there there are going to be people that moan and and like yourself who have got gen- general grievances about you know and concerns about not getting a seat where they want to sit but there's going to be a lot of people who have sat together for years and years that aren't going to be sitting together now. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's going to no, no doubt. People will buy tickets. People, everybody will have a will, will complain about it. I'm sure some number won't because they can't. Whether it's on principle or whether they can't afford the cost or can't justify the cost. Um, often I find with when it comes to the question of finance and and and, and tickets for football games, it's not actually so much the cost; it's justifying the cost. Because you know you can always, well, you can sometimes budget for other stuff in your life, or, or, or and 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 maybe cut back on other things and do. If, if for example, if you really want to go to a, a, a Premier League game and it, and it is expensive, it's not cheap, but then it's it's a justifying it. That's I think yeah. can be sometimes more difficult to accept than the actual finding the finances. Um, 
no doubt it will it will sell out, and and as long as it sells out, the club will then turn around and say, well, we were justified in 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 selling those prizes because we've managed to sell it out. But it it could it could break up, as you say, those people that would go four or five people, mates, family, whatever that would sit together in parts of the stadium, and we start to break that up, and people are scattered here, there, and everywhere. That's going to affect the atmosphere. Um, It'd be interesting to hear what the the trust have to say about this. And I know I believe they've got a meeting tonight, and they're they're discussing it, and they're going to bring out a statement. Um, it, it, I know there there are people who are disappointed, and I think people were expecting a, maybe a little bit more from the club in this. But it it hasn't surprised me where it is, and it, like I say, I think it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I tell you what, one thing I hope comes from it, if we if if assuming those prices are not going to change and I've got no reason to the club are gonna backtrack having published published that published those prices and it's in the public domain. Um I do hope that Toby, amongst others, get the contract that they want. And there there are no more excuses when it comes to pay and that sort of thing. Because surely if we're gonna charge extortionate prices or Prices which, let's say, the vast majority of people, Spurs fans, perceive as being extortionate um, in a sixty odd thousand, sixty two thousand stadium, then, then surely we've got the finances to to offer the likes of Toby, Alderweireld, and others the contract extensions of deals that they want. I think you uh, something you said there was key. And there's no more excuses. We're going to have the big stadium. We're going to have the, the finances coming in, and we we. N- we ha- we are a regular in the Champions League, and we need to cement our place in it. And I th- and I think the, you know it's going to happen, but yeah, there are no more excuses in that. Yep. Okay. On that cheery note, um... <laughs> it is a cheery one. Well, oh, could have could have been a lot less more cheery than we've done. I think we skimmed over the Juventus quite nicely. Yep. Well, we've got a fantastic new stadium. That's that's something to look forward yeah, to. Big and, it's big and shiny, and we have to pay for it. And you can't take cash in the stadium, which I think has pissed off a lot of people. Um, yeah, I'm quite happy, but there you go. Um, but no, the, the thing is, you you it'll be like a you'll get th- like things like oyster cards that you'll just charge up with some cash, and you'll just like swipe it for for beer or whatever. Yeah. that's what that's what it'll be. It'll work quite well, I think, or have a prepaid app that you just scan and you you get your beer. Uh, to be honest, I think most people are still going to go when it comes to sort of drinking. They're going to go to the Bricklayers and um, the Bell and Hare and. All these other fine establishments along the high roads um, for their pre-match drinks. I, I, the club wants them to 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 drink drink in um, within the stadium, uh, no doubt. But I think a lot of people will still be drinking outside, so well, they, I, they I can spend their cash there. I, I'd heard that they they were trying to get um, licensing permission to stay open after the matches, so they so people can drink in the, the stadium. Yeah, I mean Wembley does that. Um, in certainly in Club Wembley, um, and I've seen that Twickenham, um, but I'd, I'd... It's, it's odd. I think a, a football stadium after a game is finished becomes a very lonely place very quickly, mm. and, and everybody's just like, "Get out! Let's get out! Oh my God, go get home! Got to go up the Seven Sisters Road to the Tube. Got to queue up on White Hart Lane. Got to get in the car and drive or whatever, you know." And I think people just want to get out, and I don't know if it would. Um, no, I, I think I think it, I think it can work. I've, I've seen it at, at Club Wembley a few times, um, and the advantage of it is that you avoid the inevitable crowds going to the train station, 
and it's going to be a lot more people. Um, you have a drink, and then you, in sort of leisurely fashion, yeah, then, then, then you get that, get that, get that train. Um, right, the next podcast will be recorded on Sunday, the day after the Swansea match. Until then, thank you, John. Thank you very much, Jav, and sorry to miss you, Zoe. Yep, hopefully we can, we will have Zoe again um, on the podcast in the near future. Um, but until then, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green We've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her